0: You are listening to are listening. Is There an Echo in Here, a podcast about Echo and the bunny moon.
1: Still doing it. <laughs> this is still a thing.
0: Still happening. That's happening. We haven't explain. received a
1: cease and desist <laughs> letter yet. I can explain. So.
0: I can explain. So this this episode, so we had some other episodes finished that are like about Echo and the Bunnymen and the trajectory of the story we're telling and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then um, I was like, let's just do a little, let's throw him a bone. and Let's just, do an easy one. Let's do a little Ocean Rain. Just do a song. That comes later in the catalog. Everyone wants to, you know.
1: Talk about their actual music. Yes. How about that? This is a podcast about that band
0: Echo and the Bunnymen. They
1: recorded songs that they wrote.
0: Yep. Yep. You would think we would be talking about that. Exactly. So I'm like, we'll just put a quick episode out um, about the song. And I tell you, it has. It like, took us uh, uh, It took us seven months, I think, to make it. Seven months. It's I, not I, even I was that like good. it's not even that good. It's not even that good, y'all. JK, I mean it's, it's awesome. fine. Yeah, you know, Shane likes it. I, I cannot really pay attention the whole time, but yeah, it's it's fine. It's all right. It took us seven months. I almost was like, let's just not do this anymore. I read
1: someone <laughs> said someone on my Twitter feed said like twenty twenty was like Fear and anxiety, yeah. and 2021 is just, like, sadness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. So I would put exhaustion in there. Like, yeah. I just, I'm a different person than I was when I started this podcast. I am, like, just Same. half the man I used to be.
1: Every day in every way, I get better and better. So
0: <laughs> Just look in the mirror and say that. Um, yeah, we have a, a, a great episode for you. I guess in terms of news having to do with the bunny men, mm. they were booked for something I couldn't go to. I guess it happened. A tour? They had like a show. They were they had a spot on a festival. It could be years from now. Who knows what's gonna happen in our future. No, the news is that Will Sargent published that's what his memoir. I, that's what I was gonna say. That that is the news, y'all. That is the news. We pre ordered ours. It's August, still haven't gotten it. That's cool, you know. I don't know what's I'm up sure.
1: with that. It's coming, I assume. I assume we might have assume to call less, the publisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and if Will you want to come on the show, we'd be happy to have you and talk about it. Um,
0: <laughs> or maybe we, they're just like they're not giving. it. They us don't, they the don't book. want us to
1: have it. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: like, don't send it to them. <laughs>
1: no. You know.
0: Yeah. I like to think he took his career, you know, in the storytelling element of of this band. Back into his own hands because we were messing with it too much.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, it's really <laughs> because of us that Will wrote a memoir and suddenly has a pretty big Twitter presence. And You're welcome, like, hey, everyone. Who
0: are these? You've got a light of fire. <laughs> who are these, are these
1: American <laughs> these Gen are, Xers? These fucking uh, Southern we don't know.
0: redneck yeah. Gen Xers. In-
1: telling our story all, all wrong. messed up. So, so now there you go will is uh, giving you the unfiltered truth from his perspective what does
0: he know but we're still not gonna stop no. I'm not stopping as soon as, I mean the story, if I'm beyond not doing you. this if I'm yeah. not doing this it's because like something about my life is terrible as long as I am happy and like I'm not putting out wildfires and you know running out of water and whatever climate change is dealing bring, with
1: like QAnon militias.
0: <laughs> as, long, as long as we're you know free from all that, I, this is all I can't think of a better way to spend the apocalypse than talking about the span. You know. Well, I can, but <laughs> oh, we don't do that thing anymore. We got to do that thing that I do at the beginning of every show. This is a podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, it's a podcast where I walk into my partner's Shane studio, interrupt what he's doing and say, hey, it's time to talk about Ekman the Bunnymen. Yeah. And I like to ask him what he was working on when I came in and interrupted him to record. It's kind of relevant, kind of. Yeah, With I'm C working Shandy, on... That C. C. Oh, my...
1: oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just tying up my uh, my C. Jenny album. Uh,
0: we'll talk about it later in this uh, yeah. episode. When we started the episode, it wasn't done, and seven months later... You're, it's finally out it's coming out
1: march of 2022 because
0: of the record backlog and whatnot but um but in the liner notes you're going to be mentioning echoing the bunny if
1: that passes the <laughs> editor's uh <laughs> i uh, hope eagle eyes. it does it's i think so it will i can what say what said. i want it's my record it what i was so... going to say though <gasps> is this getting edited into earlier now is that what's happening
0: This is the intro
1: I know, but the part that we just said Is that like, now we're going to have to get put at the beginning? No Okay, because what I was going to say was When you create something That transcends you You don't own it anymore So Will can try to You know, like Here's how it really went yeah. But it's beyond him. No, it doesn't man. have. It's like it's it's it's, it's in the our, fabric of the universe. It's our myth. Yeah, you, now. it's like recei- our generation. Yeah, I He received it. Yeah, man. And he was a conduit, and he managed but it's the it. In and he's the coherent audience. and creative, and seems very
0: organized. But dude, he's hilarious. Matter. You can't. He's tell definitely going to do story. a. Let me say, he's definitely going to do a better job than we are. Oh yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying it's fine. He is. He's got it all. He's got charisma. He's hilarious. He was there. You know. However. However, we in the audience, we're the one projecting the mythology onto the motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying?
1: I hear you. I hear so you. That so
0: that is what we do. And so we're just going to keep doing it.
1: All right. So we hope you enjoy this episode. It's about a song. One song. It's called Ocean Rain. Yeah. Yeah, we just thought that we would uh, throw y'all a bone and get into pretty much one of the greatest songs ever written in the uh, world ever, but also in the Echo and the Bunnyman canon.
0: Okay, and, you know, I mean, I guess that's debatable, but no one can argue with the fact that this song is uh, a perfect song. Perfect in every way.
1: Yeah, it's a perfect song.
0: So the way we usually... Um, you know, structure song episodes is we go over, you know, what they're about, yeah. how they were made. Yeah, we usually try and describe and dissect the song, go over the lyrics and decipher it line by line. But this song is a little different because this is a perfect song. And I feel like it would be insulting to our listeners to the Bunnymen, to the entire musical establishment, if we were to offer a critique or an interpretation of this perfect song, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lyrically, I mean...
1: So we're going to just do a celebration. A celebration. <laughs> it's exactly. just mazel tov.
0: And like really, Shane's going to do a musical analysis. We can get into that. But in terms of like the lyrical stuff, I mean, it's just it's clear what it's about. I think anyone can understand the song. It's one of those songs that like Sting wished he had written in midlife or something. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we always do. I know. I can't help myself. But but it's one of those songs that like, you know, somebody in their like solo phase of their career as a wizened musician who's been around forever. It's like, yeah, it's It's like a crowning jewel of songwriting achievement, okay? And it's like anyone who hears it is going to think it's a beautiful song. A baby would fall asleep listening to it. Mm -hmm. It has this sort of primacy, which I think you're going to kind of address. Um, It's simple. You know, it sounds like a lullaby, even lyrically. Right. Um, It makes you feel kind of like you're wrapped up in a blanket and being comforted. But it's about emotional dysregulation, which is something as a human all of us can relate to, to varying degrees. You know, I mean, if you've had a mood before, it go, you know, it can encompass the spectrum of just real emotional turmoil. But it can also just be about, you know, having really strong feelings. Mm-hmm, Shane, mm-hmm. where do you fall on the moodiness scale?
1: With this song? Uh... No,
0: I just mean in a in general, like, oh. in terms of relating
1: to this song, yeah, I get it. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's um, I I can go into that place, you know. Yeah, you know, I into feel like that. you
0: probably of of everyone I know would relate to it the least, you know. I mean, mm. right,
1: right, right. I'm not like a depressive or whatever. You're you know? not that moody. I'm not moody. I'm pretty. Reg- I'm pretty regular. Right. But I but I get it, and I think well, I think I'm regular because I embrace the shadow. I uh I That's I still because I still like embrace the. The darkness but it's more like i've kind of i've seen it i mean i lived it
0: that is true you know and i mean and the darkness is you know the metaphor of the storm being about that darkness um yeah it's a song about and being, drowning
1: it's about drowning
0: it's about drowning it's about drowning in your feelings right can, can having I having yeah, yeah. a, a strong feeling too strong hurricane like can knock the wind out of your sails and you know leave you sinking. Totally. And it's a song. I feel like it's being sung to someone who is used to weathering those moods with the person, as sort of an offering of an explanation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, this metaphor helps the the listener and you know perhaps the songwriter and the moody guy who wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> helps them to understand this person. Right. You know,
1: C- can I say that? Um just to touch on the music a little bit as it relates to what the song is about lyrically uh to me the music feels like like redemption the music is actually is quite grandiose it starts yes. i mean it's a it's a it's a it's a crescendo but even like the it's in a major key it's like uh, it's 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 kind of brightness and then it's very like triumphal with the strings and the way it builds up it's very, so and so so the song feels like redemption to me and then i read the lyrics and they really they don't really do not uh <laughs> all for
0: that it's like i have a terrible time th- with my emotions it leaves everyone and myself paralyzed and but even the, know, port, the, end.
1: the port the the port is not even like a good place in this song because the no. port there's like this quote you know like any port in a storm lonely. any port in a storm right like you know when things mm. you know i'll just go anywhere like for safety when the <laughs> shit gets rough but like this particular port harbors the blackest thoughts and that's <laughs> pretty heavy man that's like the port once you get to where, shore <laughs> that's, that's where i want to go that's <laughs> where i want to go in the, sto- in the heavy storm that you're in that you're drowning under the waves uh, in yeah. the hurricane I'm gonna go to the port and that's where the black blackest thoughts are. You yeah, know. you
0: wanna be where the mermaids sing with you. But you there's wanna none just of that. go under the water. L- maybe. Lyrically
1: there's none of that. <laughs> right. At all. But then the music is such a celebration. Like the music is so
0: Yes. So it is like, like, and also begins like a lullaby. So almost like it's lulling you to sleep. I that's what I always think. Like, you know, Ian the dad, he hmm. could sing this to his kids. But no don't that would be a yeah
1: it was it's um
0: i mean you can sing anything to a kid it's
1: bleak it's bleak there's no there's no light in the song lyrically but, no, musically, but musically so much light
0: yes oh my god and a lot of that offered by will and you're gonna get into that let's just introduce the song real quick this is off their fourth studio album it's called ocean rain released may 4th 1984 It was mostly written in 83. It was recorded mostly in Paris um, with a 35-piece orchestra, right, that was arranged by Adam Peters, who we're going to talk about a little later in the episode. Cool, cool. And uh, it got to, like, I think number four or something on the charts in England, like 80-something in the U.S., okay? so. But I guess what I want to just wrap up my little part uh, by saying is... This is like a universal yet personal song, okay? Um, and it is not the song that God wrote, which also appears on this album. I want to point out The Killing Moon, a ah. song mm. written by God. Stay tuned for future episodes if you want to know right. more. Yeah, But it is the song that Ian wants to die singing. The Killing right. Moon? this song. Ocean Rain. Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is the song that he wants to die singing. He has also said that it is a song that was written as an offering to the ocean. Mm. All right. So now let's talk about something that maybe nobody's interested in, (laughs) but we're going to talk about it anyway. The research you've been doing on sea shanties uh-huh. and the recent things you have learned about Liverpool. Whoa.
1: So yeah, I'm working on this uh sea shanty album. Um it's an album of
0: uh sea my, shanties.
1: Sea shanties. Yes, but but they are normally sung in a group setting, but I'm arranging them for solo instrumental guitar. It's something I do. It's a part of my output and i just want
0: to say you may know that there's kind of a sea shanty moment that's happening Right now, mm. because of a viral TikTok video. Was it TikTok? Yes, it TikTok. But I just want to say, if you listen back to episode one in 2018, we were already kind of getting into it. Talking about the C Shen. Episode one, not our strongest, but we talked about it. Episode two is Sh- pretty
1: good, and then we just boom, bada bing. <laughs> and then we went kind of dipped down, and, and now we're slowed. on our way back. Wait till. Mm. <laughs>
0: so we got into this. My point is, yeah. we got into this thing uh-huh. before it became a thing. Do y'all know that it's a thing? It's a thing right now. A sea shanty is a thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I'm doing this sea shanty album, and this is just a tie-in back to episode one. If you've been with us and you remember the sea shanty, we were all like the mystique of, you know, uh, the Mersey River and stuff. You know, what was before the Beatles? Well, sea shanties. We kind of did all that, and so... There's just a tie in because Liverpool is a port city. A lot of sea shanties reference Liverpool. They're about Liverpool. A lot of events happen there. But um, anyway, I came across this guy. His name is uh, Jerry Smith, and he's a professor of Irish uh, literature in uh, Liverpool. Uh, He published a book last year of sea shanties and some commentary and some artwork. And it's called Sailor Song, the Shanties and Ballads of the High
0: Seas. There's art in it. it It's a very beautiful book. Some etchings and really. It was put out
1: by, um, I want to say, the uh, British Library in 2020. Um, But yeah. So I was kind of digging into that. And it was just always nice to like learn a little more about the context of Liverpool. And like, and so some of the things I learned about it, because he did an interview on uh, this podcast recently um, that I listened to called... She's all
0: uh, prepared with his law. Little...
1: I got my little notes. This is the most prepared I've ever been. Uh, <laughs> so, but he put this book out. and I listened to this podcast called Literary Studies. And uh, and he was on there, and he was telling me just some some more tidbits about Liverpool for our fans that don't live in uh, or not our the Bunnyman fans who happen to listen to us uh, about uh, Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> that um, really the cap- Liverpool is often referred to as the capital of Ireland. Okay, so. But really, it's only like a 20-minute flight from like Liverpool to Ireland. Right. Or it's like, like it's you can like, swim there. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, it's like us going to Atlanta. But yeah, so there was a lot of Irish movement towards Liverpool uh, because being a port city, it was a lot of just work there and people were kind of like coming through to ship off. But then there you know, was like the potato famine situation yeah. in, in, in the 1800s and that actually exacerbated the the Irish um Migration to Liverpool, and a lot of people died. What year? 1800s. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so some of the things that Jerry Smith talked about (laughs) on this podcast was interesting how there's always been like a really troubled relationship between Liverpool and the rest of England uh, due to its status as a port city. It's a different kind of place, a port city. I'll get into that in a second. But uh, Mm -hmm. So they've been really subject to a lot of political... Oppression and persecution. Margaret Thatcher hated Liverpool. Boris Johnson is a Liverpool hater, according to Joey Smith. Uh-huh. And um, Joey Smith, also, by the way, uh, this person I'm quoting is like himself a singer of Sea Shannies and choir director of Sea Shannies, playwright. Like, seems like a really interesting cat. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Once imperialism. When that whole thing kind of dried up after World War Two for the Brits, um, it kind of that's it's what that's when it sort of lost its its um, status because prior to that it was kind of this like the sun never sets, but Liverpool was like a you know was like a pretty well off city and and it wasn't this like outcast city you know as much because it was like during like the imperial kind of reign.
0: Okay, yeah. because there was so much travel and there were just there was so a lot many, of business happening. There was business was booming, and you need a way in yeah, they, and out yeah, of the country right. and get stuff. But the business to wasn't us, booming hello.
1: anymore at post World War II. There's but no
0: movement, because, right?
1: yeah, because they, they like kind of had to let go of all their colonies and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and uh, that's kind of what's up there. And let's see if I turn the page, I got nothing else on that. Okay. <laughs> but now I'm going to so. One of the things that's interesting about a port city, just to kind of contextualize the bunnyman a little more and about liverpool yeah uh is um in jerry's book about uh in the sailor song there's a chapter on sailor town, which is like this phenomenon of, in port cities around the world where a little sailor town pops up that's an economy kind of dedicated to like the needs of the sailors, but typically it's actually there's quite a bit of crime and 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 quite a bit of like vice, and you know they're gonna go, and they're gonna get laid, and they're gonna have a good time, and they're gonna. But, but typically they're also they're
0: gonna get. There's a word crimped. for it. Crimped, crimped, crimped. Shanghai. They're gonna okay. get
1: robbed, and it it's a coordinated effort, usually between like a prostitute and a pimp, maybe like a shopkeeper and some people to like. You're
0: wooed into a situation with, and you got your your gold with your. Yeah, what you, you got what your they you got your doubloons on the you. Doubloons, you you got that's your right. Money. All right. and they're
1: gonna rob you, and they're and they're gonna. And it's gonna be. And they're gonna. Uh, Put you back on the ship without your money or kill you. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to read this quote uh, that, uh, about the port city and this idea. And I love this. He says, so, you know, and this would include Liverpool, London, Hamburg, et cetera, New York. The great port cities of the world were always, quote, edgy places, literally in the sense that they developed on the geographical edge of the state-managed hinterland to which they ostensibly belonged, but also symbolically, insofar as they were transnational, transitional spaces where the rule of law was tenuous and nothing was ever quite as it seemed.
0: Edgy, y'all. Edgy. That is next time, you know, you are edgy or come across an edgy person. Think about that, you know, these edges of... A massive land yeah
1: the edge of
0: kind of like control yes or, you know, the edge. approaching the lawlessness of the seas me bully boys of liverpool i'll have you to beware when you sell in them packet ships no dungaree jumpers wear but have a good monkey jacket Okay, so what does any of this have to do with ocean rain? So,
1: what I'm doing is I'm looking at this song and like relating it to uh, sea shanties and the sea shanty repertoire, trying to locate it uh, within that um, tradition. And uh, is this song shanty adjacent? Basically, <laughs> is the question. And I think I found an answer that I, I'm comfortable with. And I'm going to say, yeah, it does we have to, you know, so sea shanties emerged uh, in like roughly a 50-year period in the 1800s while people were working on ships that were going back and forth. Uh, well, all over really, but, you know, but from back and forth from Liverpool to New York to all over the watery world. And uh, there are a few categories of sea shanty. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and so, and, and the song seems to kind of like fit into like, certain aspects of it, like, with its repetition. Uh, it's got, you know, there's very repetitive lyrics in the song. There's almost a call and response aspect to it. But the melody and the feel of this song is not so much work-inspiring, uh, right? It's not, like, remember Sea shanties Oh, yeah. Sea Shanty's were work real songs. call and response uh, work songs. Okay,
0: wait, let's pause there and imagine it. You're pulling a rope. You're pulling it. Mm-hmm. pulling it. You're trying to, like... Raise this block of wood with a giant cloth attached to it. You're hauling it. Is the so proper oh, terminology? Oh, excuse actually, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> you're hauling that rope. And that is gripping it, pulling it. And so, are you going to be like, on the sea again? No,
1: <laughs> doesn't work so well. But um, so you know, there's a few different kinds of sea songs. The work songs themselves. There's the capstan, which was uh, a song associated with heaving or pushing, uh, and that'd be like you're pushing like a there's like this mushroom shaped thing with like poles coming out of it. Like you're winding up the anchor and you just go around and around. Oh, you're pushing uh, to wind up an anchor before they could like automate that. And so, that so, so they have the capstan song associated with pushing. And then there was the halyard, which is associated with hauling or pulling. Really? There's and, two
0: different kinds. And
1: those are, you're raising, using ropes to raise the sails, right? Okay.
0: What is the difference between those? I have to know a push song.
1: And the pulling song, uh, the halyard, it's, has a more has a break in it there's Wait. breaks in it right there's more because when you're pushing it's kind of like a, a steady slow push but when you're yeah. pulling they'd have, there's these breaks and the song would uh, oh like, that'd
0: be your breath and that's yeah. when you'd start your uh
1: but um but these are you know so there's these like work a day songs that help to coordinate the efforts link, link everyone up in the in their movements uh make them more productive also the song gives a degree of agency to the workers because they're just kind of working in this almost like slavish way for a company, you know, and so having control of the music was a way for them, you know, the the human spirit to like express itself under these dire yes. circumstances. Anyway, just a little a little oh, bit about oh. C Shannies. Uh, but there's but but really this song doesn't fit into that vibe uh because it's um it's more of a it's more of a ballad, right? So but there was a whole other like canon of songs that came out during downtime from sailing and these are called the four bitters right and this is so and the four bitters are um called the four bitters because they were sung at what's called the bits Uh, and these are the large wooden cleats to which the ropes were attached towards the front of the ship and so the songs were called four and this is where people would, they would just like entertain each other and they would like take turns singing songs. And it wasn't, these weren't work oh, songs per se, but they were like more, cause this is an oral culture. There's no like, you know, they're not going to go to the sports bar and, or what, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. and watch the game or something, you know? So, yeah. uh, or <laughs> you make your own fun. So they make You're their the own TV. fun. So they would sing these songs. So these four bitters, um, were had there were various types of songs sung there like theater songs and uh you know like romantic songs but the most popular song was uh what's called uh the nautical ballad so the ballad Uh is um and i'm quoting jerry smith here again you know uh the predominant form was the ballad. And it's a narrative in which the structure and melody of each verse is repeated throughout. He says, uh, not all of these forbidders were about the sea or maritime matters, of course, but it's interesting to observe that the nautical ballad proliferates in the British folk song tradition and that there are hundreds of songs about different aspects of sea life, pirating, slaving, fishing, press-ganging, emigrating, whaling, and so forth. There is an extensive subcategory of all on its own for the lover gone to or lost at sea. Now that oh. is the subcategory, is the lover gone to or lost at sea. And there's so oh. many songs about that. Oh. And I think that this song sort of falls into that category. Yes. Right. So this is so this is a nautical ballad in the Lover Gone to Sea or Lost at Sea category. Uh, ocean Rainfall kind of falls into that.
0: In the downs, the fleet lay moored. She was waiting in the wind. When black eyed Susan came on board, saying, Where shall I my true love find? Tell me, jovial sailors, tell me true. Does my sweet William, does my sweet William sail among your crew? So Shane, you want to give us a musical analysis of the song since we've beaten the lyrics and just kind of the the general the vibe. The yeah, vibe. We talked about the vibe of it. That yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I'll try. I'll try. I don't want to kind of demystify it or take away from the magic that is, you yeah. know, the song <laughs> that is music. Yeah, It can get pretty clinical, you know?
0: It can, but you know that, as you said in an earlier episode, the mystery deepens. I agree with that, certainly. Because
1: here's this handful of elements um, (laughs) that on their own are very simple, you know? And I would say this generally about this band, too. Actually, the formulas are simple. However that the, they got the magic they got it they got the flavor you yeah. know and and so there's like a there's a thing that happens when they all come together that's, that's a lot of great music though right
0: that's a lot of great music you know and this song is a as an example because it really does sound like a, a lullaby as we've said it sounds so simple if you just play the chords yeah just straight up
1: I mean it is a happy campfire sing along yeah if you exactly
0: like. it's even up tempo
1: you gonna sing it? Could you play it a little bit faster? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. Uh here we go. And
0: shake, 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 <laughs> yeah. shake the bottom line.
1: Work, 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 work out. Right? All right. Wow. You know, it's that It is. It's just it's just that kind of vibe. It's just a kind of like
0: which I feel like. Harry it's
1: Belafonte vibe. Exactly. And uh I think if you think about it, McCulloch always wanted to be a crooner. That's right. That's right. Uh so that's the vibe. We got, we got our D, we got our a. You know? a. D and A.
0: They're no it's not even a minor
1: It is not like a minor song.
0: Chord in the song, right? right. Uh
1: well there is. It's interesting. There's
0: gonna be a twist.
1: There's a twist.
0: Yes all hands on deck dawn to side shore
1: If you look at a lot of chord songs which by the way if you go to the guitar ultimate guitar uh, app or website because you want st- to learn the chords to this song, uh, the one there's one version of it and it's pretty wrong, totally useless, and wrong. So I might submit a version because I did work on this a little bit, but I probably won't because just time is precious. Um, so, so you there. If you want to learn this song, you're gonna have to just listen to this episode. Yeah, this okay. is okay. The... But uh, so it's D to A. Uh, we got a melody that really outlines those chords, and Ian has is really smart about. He evolves this verse melody over the course of the tune, right? Because so there's a few different melodies with the same lyrics. I will say, I want to say like when I think about it. Well, here we go. Whoops. And there we go. (laughs) The end. All right. That's the whole song. Uh, I'll just stop right there. Here's your D chord, right? Right? And then... Yeah. Can you yeah. hear that? So...
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a D chord.
0: When you say C. And, and it
1: then goes, goes to, a. A. When
0: you get to a. When you say now.
1: Right? And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, So that's what's going on in that song I'm playing a chord melody melody and chords at the same time on the guitar because i'm not that much of a singer but you know so that's what's just going on once again we have a five to one it's cadence. like a beach song yeah five to one cadence uh-huh. um which is the most common chord progression in music right so we have, we've talked about this. we're in the key of d the, It's going from a to d uh five to one so lots yeah. of resolution there uh, Ian's really hitting the chord tones on the strong beats, right, right? When he goes like... I mean, that's just an arpeggio of that chord. And you could almost call this chord A7.
0: You about yeah. could,
1: Shane. Huh? You hear know how bluesy that is? Ooh, yeah, I do. So he hits that. That's that's his tension note. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's what's going on in the verse at the beginning of the song. Uh, the bass line, very chill. It's just going...
0: Les is chilling. Just the roots. Yeah, but in the right. pocket, Les, every, Les but, Patterson, yeah. ladies and gentlemen.
1: But uh, it wouldn't be a Bunnymen song without a sudden change to another <laughs> section uh, that is kind of a different feel and sounds different. Uh,
0: <laughs> Gives you a different feeling. Yeah. Let, just, just check in with yourself. Check Can in you when, when
1: I play this. Like.
0: I feel bittersweet sadness but also I feel resolute and like I'm yeah about to cry burst into tears right now but then uh, take me back to that that happy beach song
1: so it makes you yeah I wonder it's like but when I listen to this song it makes you think of like Francis Bebe who the great African composer guitarist electronic musician playwright novelist uh, historian uh, you know All he there. was um talking about uh like what is this t- ridiculous distinction in the west between major being happy and minor being sad mm, you know mm-hmm. uh like why that is the dumbest thing i ever heard <laughs> his, <laughs> on his, in his book about african music it's like he pretty early on he just addresses that like what do you mean like because i think of this as a sad song mm-hmm. yet this is the chord progression. I mean, is that a Beach Boys song?
0: It could be, it be a, a Ramones song, yeah, More like a
1: Ramones. Yeah, beach Boys are way more complicated. I was going to say, when I started,
0: <laughs> you know, beach music as a genre is its own little yeah. thing, but we could get into that another, <laughs> another time. But, um, yeah, you know what that part is for me? Hmm. If I, you know, just put it simply. Yeah. That's when the song gets good. That's when that the change? feelings arrive. Right, that's what separates right. it from a Ramon song, which I, it's, I mean, we're talking
1: about the next Ramones part, right? kick
0: ass. You want to hear them all night long, dance floor, you know. But you this But part? this is when, yeah, yeah, something wells up inside. Yeah, and that's when it kind of becomes a bunny man.
1: It's it's interesting. It goes minor there, right? It does go mm-hmm. minor there, and so it goes to that E minor chord. <laughs> That's, that's where it goes after that. Right. But um, so so even that kind of sound on its own, right?
0: Yes. I'm sad.
1: So we're also in that ambiguous bunnyman space, which is the mysterious space. And so, uh, I, by the way, I'm the, I, I'm like realizing this as I'm saying it, is that like we've talked about that the, the quality of like that they have of of uh, mystery and a mystery cord would be like your sus chord, your suspended cord, the cord that's hanging in um mystery as to whether it is major or minor, technically speaking. Joan yes. Mitchell talks about this, right? Like, where she's like, I play a lot of sus chords because I feel unresolved as a person, and so that's why I write, composed with those, you know? Right. And, but, like, there's this landing on this note every time, you know? Yeah. Like, is... Well, that's the happy note in your D chord, Whoa, yeah. but this part of the song really seems to be like right yeah and so this is kind of maybe the overall color of that section
0: so that's
1: cool we can interrogate this so only so much (laughs) but there's a thing about it that it starts on that e right You know, it has that very just, like, you know. Yeah. Like, it has that kind of, like, um, E minor sound. All right. Um, After that, we have this really uh, beautiful little guitar line. Nice. Uh, I don't know if that's the exact fingering he pu- that plays, but I'm just kind of playing. But no the one notes. can see your that's,
0: fingers, so it doesn't really matter.
1: And that's the like, another like finely crafted, little economical phrase by Will uh, to punctuate the song, give us which a, he
0: does that at the end of every chorus.
1: Yeah, so that's our first instrumental break that right. we have. Um, it's joined by some strings. The strings go like this. Yeah. Right. trying to put them together but uh, that'll take some practice all right so that's what happens there Uh, and then we get back into our um, our verse again our a section of the song right so we're back to like we go back to that and then we get into this like kind of like he changes the melody a little bit, right? Like the screaming from the beneath the waves part, he hits this like monotone thing. He gets into yes, this like gets, one he, note Does thing.
0: he like go an octave deeper? He even or goes
1: something. down. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote, I wrote that there. Yeah. So I was like. So he's singing it there. Yeah uh so after the old, oh it goes back to the b section of the song uh after that so we have a structure of the song that goes a b then there's a there's an interlude um and then uh goes back to the a section right which is this with is kind of like an a subsection a2 maybe when he goes right kind of changes it up um And then uh, we get into the uh, B section again, which is the... uh, That part uh, again. And then we have our second interlude, which has uh, this part with the string part going. And then we get into the guitar solo. Yes, the guitar solo. What's going on with the chords on the guitar solo? I don't think I wrote that down. Is it still just the same like?
0: Yes. Yep. He's going to riff on that for like a really long time.
1: guitar solo
0: (laughs) that's it (laughs) that didn't that didn't add up in my mind
1: well because you know what he does after that is he 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 brings that back into the uh the string part so he goes like this he goes um But that's the string part from before.
0: Yes. Right. Na, na, na. That's right. He just joins them.
1: I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check that now. I'm
0: gonna play it right now too. Go there ahead. you go, right?
1: That's cool. Let's stop that right there. So yeah. It's interesting. It's kind of like a, it's like a part that he comes to, that he, he kind of bookends the solo, which feels slightly more improvised, but it's probably written or at least it's written now, you know, yeah. after it got recorded. <laughs> but uh, like with the, so there's that ascending thing, right? Yeah. So that's how the like that feels like a segue in and out of the solo right yeah
0: so there's another thing happening and i don't really have language for this but there's like a it's i think it's syncopation it's kind of like it reminds me of like a flamenco guitar isn't there there's a lot of notes being played on the the weaker beat, yeah. where the and, uh-huh. like when he's going, like right. some of those are happening and on the ands. And 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 yes. and 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 yeah. So what? Let's explain. Like, tell me about about like syncopation.
1: Here's your beats: one, two, three, four. In between those beats, you have the ands going: one and, two and, three and, uh-huh. four and. Now, if you had a song uh, or a melody or something or a rhythm that you could play on those ands, it'd be like and
0: and 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 now clap your hands and i'll i'm gonna sing the guitar solo all right ready (coughs) i think i went a little long with that but see did you hear me going on the part where he wasn't clapping that's syncopation man uh
1: cool yeah, so anything else about that um, amazing solo, amazing economical solo in the great tradition of economical solos. Think of Neil Young's Down by the River. Uh, I think of um Robert Fripp's uh so like kind of guitar interlude in uh uh Starless as a, like a one-note guitar solo. There's very few notes in this solo. Never heard it.
0: Um Will has <laughs>
1: The most prominent note in this solo is this. Right? That's a really prominent note in that solo for the first couple yeah. measures. Let's bear in mind that this solo is four measures long, okay? It's Like, short. think about somebody like, like in a jam band taking like a 20 minute solo. Oh, yeah. And now think about Will taking a four measure solo. That's perfection. You know, uh-huh. over two chords. A, uh-huh. This song is a two chord jam, basically. That solo is four bars long. He said everything he needed to say in four bars. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, yeah. What are you? Gonna, what else can you do with that? I mean, you could play,
0: like, <laughs> yeah. Put Trey
1: Anastasio on that. You know, oh, on that God. song. Yeah. That song will go be twenty minutes long. That'd be yeah. a sad, then it'd be a sad song. <laughs>
0: Ah, this like way. I'd be crying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, all right. So I want to say about this composition that it's kind of like, um, uh, what they do here at the end is just remarkable because there's not a lot going on in this song. We've determined like harmonically, right. but but they've made they have all these little cells they're working with that the strings are playing and that the guitars playing and some and and they and then you have the you know the vocal melody. But the cells, it's like what we call like a, an additive composition right. um, where you kind of like, ha- like um, you kind of start to combine those, those cells. Right? right. So then you end up with that kind of like going on in the song. Yeah. As the same time that this is going. on, So you'd have those uh, parts combined yes and then bring in an even more layer so there's a lot of layering happening yes yeah makes me think of like um like i think like the talking heads when they recorded like remain in light the way that they produced it was they recorded like all that shit like and they had and then they like filtered it out that's why the songs can. so they would just have a basic groove Like
0: a techno song. Like you do with electronic music. You put things in different channels. Now, this song feels really warm and organic. And at the end, like you said, it becomes like layers and layers and layers until like there's this sort of dizzying array of like sounds and like the song comes to completion it's as though all the parts combine That's right. It's really the ebb and flow,
1: right? The ebb yeah. and flow. They're always with that ebb and flow. So then they have like they bring back in the all hands on deck at dawn part, right? Yeah. Whoops. Like well, comes back in quietly, right? Mm-hmm. After this whole grandiose guitar solo string thing. Mm-hmm. And then and then after and then there's another break. Right, where you start to have the layering happening, where you have like the first break and the second break, those two elements are combined now. What I was just talking about, with yes, the ascending thing, That's right. with, and They're then combined. that little trill. Lick. Yeah, and then, and then you go back to your verse uh, from the top of the song, A section again, uh, and then and then you even combine the break um, with the singing now. At this point, right, you got this yes starts to happen like not as an interlude but now as like underneath like underneath the him melody. saying
0: at the oh, see again yeah I guess. and
1: then he does an aria oh right what's that an aria is like the high like part of an opera oh so you have, like, a,
0: yes where he oh it's the
1: opposite of a recitative a yes. recitative is when they're kind of like <laughs>
0: but this is when they hold a note
1: and then it's just like a high note typically aria is like the high note
0: and it and it is for him as well in the song it is almost i mean it's within his reach i mean it's a perfect note in that it it has that feeling of desperation when he calls out the waves and he then he screams the word screaming and it's so Amazing. real, Amazing. man. I can't even tell and,
1: you. And it's not only is it an, an aria, but it's a fantasia. Yeah. Right. So then he can, he just like, is given this space to, yeah, to create. And I can only imagine something like this, you know, comes is developed through performance. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then you kind of hear hearing it back you know because it just it just emer- emerges
0: oh and it and then it just it it's and it's just perfect it's perfect
1: and it goes <laughs> a little something like this oh this is
0: him Screw-
1: brings it back into the verse but with a different melody
0: all hands on I know that melody that is right. that is so tightly brings it back and then an ending check this out and it's check going to end the black dude and that is when they leave the field triumphant yep all right, that's like something. That's something. <sighs> uh, you know, we didn't cover, I think,
1: all the aspects of this song. Well, we well, can we talk need about
0: to, we're, that, See, okay, then we're going to talk about, okay, what we're going to do next is talk about the production, production yeah, which I can speak about because I know stuff. That's good. About that. Yeah, yeah. Because I this have years, two like, of
1: them melodic, harmonic, one stuff. on
0: each side, and that allows me. To notice things, although I don't understand what notes being played, I I hear things.
1: Okay, I'm gonna stop it right there. Yeah. What gets me right away mm. is we're starting at a very like pianissimo, pianississimo, if you will.
0: Pianississimo. Like-
1: this is very very quiet right this is dynamics right we talked about the notes and the chords and the form of the song but i I know we're talking about the the the, the, uh arrangement or the production now but but also like still the dynamics of the song is like we start it's so quiet that you hear a noise floor first
0: yeah and
1: then you have this like swelling which i Think is Will's guitar with some effects on it, like doing volume swells I think on these so chords too. with and an I upright bass. An
0: up, I was about to say that I'm hearing an upright bass, unmistakable. Yeah. Um, in a room. Open I'm strings. In a room, or a cave. I feel like that's just you know.
1: Like the cave looks the, like they're. In
0: a cave, in a cave on cave. the cover, and that's the feeling, yeah. like that they're in a cavern throughout, like. In, in Paris, it was supposed to be at least, but we'll talk about that mm. later. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that upright and just that, and that mystery and ambiance. Yep, right out of the gate. Okay. Arriving through the mist. Okay.
1: Oh, let's
0: see again. And now, I'm brought down ocean rain, to beat me again. okay now I want to say perfectly articulated oh. words um, inflection all of it is on point there's a closeness and you know he's he's singing kind of quietly he's not vocal frying it out he's not whisper singing he's not low talking but he's bringing it down a bit but he's still articulating the notes you can still feel the meat Mm -hmm. of like the songs yeah it's
1: interesting you say that because i kind of felt like i was being whispered to and when you said vocal fry which is like that uh you know kind of sound in episode
0: whatever six or something we talk talk about about some vocal something yeah but
1: uh but like I think there is elements of whisper and vocal fry
0: happening, there right? There are elements, but you're but saying not that there's still the, point the robustness of being annoying. Yeah. Exactly, there's still just the ju- yep. That is um, you know, someone who's not being lazy, so to speak. Okay, our dog, let me tell you. All she's doing is just flipping out. We're trying to converse, talk about this beautiful song and she's just like playing and throwing bones and running and So one thing I wanted to say, too, is like the pauses, like the slowness Mm. to the way he is articulating the lyrics. It's like, you know, like Billie Holiday, he's barely going to make it on time. It's already really rhythmically slow at that point. And it's my, it's just right, it's just right behind the the beat almost.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay, so we're wrapping up Screaming this verse. That's how we're going to end the song as well with that verse. But here we go. Dome, to okay, so we're leading with the bass, with the upright bass. Yes. Into that B section where, you know, as I say, the song gets good, or uh, it gets yeah. pretty.
1: Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: The bass kind of hits leases. that minor chord. He, he hits the minor chord exactly. Yeah. And
1: there's some uh some brush work on the on the drums.
0: Yes, we bring in the drums. And
1: That's that's the real downbeat though, right there,
0: right? Yes. Where it starts kind of soft rocking. Right. So, yeah. So Pete's in there, right? He starts. He hits that that downbeat. He hits that kick drum. <laughs> and now when he we're says rocking. the word thoughts. Uh huh. That's when it, it breaks through. Yeah. yeah. Like thoughts. And his thoughts Ooh. are interrupted by this. Yep, they, they used to have the guitar coming in there. There, 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 little what's that called? A hammer on him, a little trill. I'm at sea again. Now, you're hurricane. So, now when we get into the second verse, we've got a little more drive, a little more momentum. We get some strings doubling the bass, doubling the bass. That's what I was about to say. We got, yeah, the strings are now kind of carrying, bolstering his um, beautiful vocal performance, and now here's the part that you were talking about earlier where there's like a key, like he kind of sings a different melody Mm -hmm. over... This uh verse on the second round, and you got Will coming in with that surf guitar in yeah, the background. Yeah. You know, we're we're now it's like a little wipeout, like to continue our Beach Boys theme or our beach music theme. We've yeah. already you know established the Beach Boys are a whole other whole other world. Yeah, but more
1: like uh like uh
0: what's well, a surf band? A surf band like the Safaris or something? Yeah, it is <laughs> the Safaris. Yeah. That does wipe out. Um so he's coming in behind him like a guy riding a wave. <laughs> he comes in
1: on a surfboard. Surf he's ripping curls. <laughs> Max
0: on this little wooden ship, this little painted um uh, this boat from the cover of the album with the red stripe. They should have done a video like that. Or a of this. I know, like, like, like a version beach. on the beach. Will kinda. comes in on a <laughs> surfboard,
1: hanging ten.
0: Yeah, they could do like a green screen kind of situation. Alright, so this is... Okay, here comes Will, hang ten. Screaming from beneath the waves Oh, Okay, so this part, I gotta say, I I love the shift into the B section here, because um, with Will's, you know, with him ending his guitar solo, there's kind of a silence, and you really feel this rushing in of room noise, and that bass, like I can feel and hear some kind of I don't know some some wood bending. I feel like it's it's still a, the quiet moment of the song where everything drops out and gets sad. But there is more. There is sort of an a lingering feel of like there was more of a cacophony. Yeah. Leading and leading into, into that,
1: like, I feel like also you had this kind of like textural like really nice blending of this like surf delayed yeah. gu- guitar with the strings so you're kind of creating like um you know it's like a new instrument sound like a like cross voicing like duke ellington or something where you'd have like you'd have like the mute trumpet blending with like the saxophone like playing the same like like as opposed to like an orchestra where you have like all the violins are playing the same thing you know what i mean you have like kind of like this different instrument yeah this orchestration that kind of like blends so you get these new tones and it's kind of it sounds interesting
0: Yes. Okay. I got the strings on this album, but.
1: So I found the website for this cat uh, named Adam Peters. who's Adam Peters. British composer and music producer. He attended Charterhouse School and a music scholarship, and then he went on to study 20th century modern music composition. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Always attracted to the left field of music and art, Peters began his professional career in 1983 as a keyboard player and cellist in Echo and the Bunnymen. So their song The Killing Moon, which prominently features his cello and keyboards, is considered an 80s classic and has been featured in over 20 films. And his groundbreaking orchestral arrangements on the album Ocean Rain have become an iconic part of UK pop culture. And these works were recently performed in their entirety at the Royal Albert Hall in London and Radio City Music Hall in New York. Uh, he's a producer, electric cellist and keyboard wizard. He went to, on to work with other major artists such as Beth Orton, Mercury Rev, Susie and the Banshees, Dream Academy. Uh,
0: Let me tell you something. It's not often that strings work with a rock band. Do you know what? And it seems like they should, clearly, but it's kind of rare. Like, it can just be way overblown. And I mean, I don't know why it's always so bad. I'm trying to think of some examples, and maybe we have to add these in later, too, of like bad orchestral accompaniment. Like now ninth some white satins that's good
1: that's a go oh well that whole album is like <laughs> we, wild times yeah we'll
0: be talking about that one maybe during ocean uh, rain the, why not yeah, days you know? of
1: future past uh, <laughs> I'm sure by the movie blues really
0: thrilled to know that that's gonna yeah, be. yeah anyway
1: but that's a precursor in a way you know but they had the whole uh like london symphony
0: so peter adams
1: Hmm. <laughs> that was reading by the way that another distrib- peter the, the info i got was uh also was um from the uh, his management's uh, website
0: well i i don't need his manager to tell me that he is a genius oh, of yeah. our times He's let's have let's bad, yeah. let's hear it for the, the strings i mean ocean is every really nice work and also you know, not Good a bad job. looking
1: chap not a bad looking guy easy on the eyes too Let
0: me see the, oh man he looks like uh looks what's like his guy. name from radiohead uh, johnny uh,
1: I thought he kind of looked like that vampire in uh, the Jim Jarmusch like... movie from uh, there you "Last go. Lover, Only Lovers Left to Live."
0: <laughs> um, so anyway, strings. All right, way there's to go. another layer being added. Bravo. Do you hear Adam. what I'm saying about yes. this, Shane? Okay, and now you have the strings doubling the vocals. Right? Is that right? Let's check that out because the strings are kind of, you know, accompanying him in a new way. I feel like this time around. I think there is a violin kind of hidden in the mix that is doubling his vocal melody. There. Mm. Let me hear it again. All hands on deck at dawn, sailing to. Yep. Shore. Yeah.
1: You have strings like you have violin like doubling the vocal melody. hmm And also ornamenting it.
0: Yeah. Right, like a little call like,
1: and response going on.
0: Yep. So we've got that solo coming in that we've already talked about at length. So we're wrapping up the solo here. And then I feel like with each layer, with each restating of the B section, there's a new layer of strings added, I feel like. And by the time we get to the resolve of the B section, and we get to your port and my heavy storm, there's just a real, like the, the violins are just, they are really overpowering the vocals almost in that section because they're really swelling. Dawn, sailing to side shores, your my heavy storms So we're really going strong here with the interlude this time. You know, we've established a lot of the sounds that are going to appear in the song. And from here on out, we're going to start playing with the dynamics mm-hmm. of this, the parts of the song right. that already exist, yeah. which will end in us fading into the distance. But before that... <laughs>
1: lot of going on
0: yeah there's a lot going
1: on there's a lot going on there's subtle things in the mix happening yeah there's like uh even i think i hear stuff new every time i listen to it if i'm li- if i'm listening yes. to the arrangement i even heard this like chromatic like descending glissando in the mix of that of that that's just like brrr, under it that's yeah. like you know this like somewhat atonal almost but it's but it's not but it's just like that's a the shadow. sound of the ship Kind yeah of it's sinking, not really the water Switch, pouring yeah and, and then you, you know you got all the the strings going you got the Pete, pete's playing a train beat now you know he's got the oh, he's, got, he's, yeah. he's got the thing going on you know right and like uh and uh we're cruising the out, yeah the ship is
0: the, the anchor has lifted and we are churning out to sea once again and now Ian's singing and he's singing over from the, the bow of parts, the ship. From the bow of he's on the bow of the ship. And Will is starting to play that flourish that he plays at the end of the interlude just during his during the verses. They you pop, know? It just bring pop it that back uh, in? Bring everything into this, you know? Yep. Farewell. My ship's a sail. Here it's tender free. Ahoy. As you go down the Mersey River. And, okay, but everyone, so you got all this going on. Brace yourself. Brace Mm. yourself, everyone. Because we are about to... Is that Aria? Aria. Aria. Because we are about to drop the Aria in this... Motherfucking sea. We are about to have him, you know, you remember in the first verse where he talks about screaming from beneath the waves? Yeah. Okay. Well, now we're going to hear that beautiful man with the golden voice scream right. as Open the waves, that are, uh, and it, waves are crashing over screaming him as he is. Beneath your-
1: Vibrato. Yes. Oh, it's
0: so. And it, but it, it always sounds like weeping. There's always a break. It's just, it's the most perfect thing. And when he is screaming from beneath the waves, I mean, it's a resounding, resounding. Just smoke scream. you a bunch of
1: cigs and uh, <laughs> sit and drink a bunch just of beers at the pub and have a lot of feelings. And have a lot of feelings. And you too <laughs> will not sound like that.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> and so. You do get this sense at the end here. So then after he does his uh, his Aurea and really it's kinda like you get two Aureas in a way. I mean he he drops it down the second time, but he repeats that phrase.
1: He brings it back. I mean he hits another it's like it's like a it's just a peak from peak to peak. We're just Uh. like flying like a like a hang glider just it's like going from one peak to the next Ugh. And so we just have everything is in, in there now everything it's a real cre- real crescendo real climax
0: and now he's singing you know the b section the sad part over the happy part like mm-hmm. we discussed um and it really does feel like a send-off or something. Like, I wish you the best, man. I hope you get those moves under control. Um, yeah. Uh, bye. Because they're going to take about five seconds for after they hit that chord for the song to actually fade out. The so... And so that's that's that song that's how it feels that's how it's produced you know we we just laid it out for you guys cuz you definitely couldn't have cuz you needed of all you needed a real
1: listening companion <laughs>
0: you needed a friend maybe we did point out something maybe you didn't hear in the mix okay but
1: maybe we just affirmed what you already knew maybe we like, left
0: out shit that you
1: Wanted us to say, or and that you thought about it, write us a letter. That's when you, we'll write, do, us that's a when letter. you write us a letter, and we will get to, to it in it. a year. I mean, we'll and read a half. it pretty soon after we receive it, but well, we won't answer you one day. We'll, yeah, I mean, this is not like this, you know, we've, we've, no, we've, no one we've pays us to this. do this, you know, so <laughs> it's not like we have that's why, uh, you know, it
0: sucks so much. So, anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> You can write us a letter at echoinhearpodcast at gmail.com.